0: This is the Simi Sarah Show On Demand. Subscribe now on iTunes. Listen to the show each weekday 10 to 2 on 980 CKNW and through the Radio Player app. For many, the transition brings anticipation, but it also, for many, brings further apprehension and anxiety as schools and businesses look to open once again. That was Dr. Bonnie Henry yesterday at the Daily Update, because we are about to start opening. Phase two gets underway officially today, although I know a lot of places, a lot of things were actually already open over the last couple of days. But what does it mean? What can we expect? Well, to talk more about all of this, we're joined now by our global news reporter in Victoria, Richard Zussman. Good morning, Richard. Good morning, Simi. How are you? I'm good. I'm excited because I have a hair appointment on Saturday to get my hair cut.
1: I think it's something a lot of people are excited about. I think a lot of people are excited about the chance to hug a loved one they haven't seen in a while. I think this is the thing that we've been working for for a long time is to start see some things reopen. I know, like you mentioned, some restaurants have already opened. I know some people have already widened their social circles. But for a lot of people, you know, over the weekend or this week will be the first time that they'll be able to see grandchildren or loved ones or friends, you know, as we slowly reopen those social circles and be able to give them a hug. I think that's something people, you know, it's one of those things when you're working through this and you're you're altering your life dramatically, these are the things you look forward to And today's that day.
0: That certainly is the case. And we know that even some restaurants will start opening today, right?
1: Yeah, and they're going to look very, very different. And it's one of those things where Dr. Henry has uh, reminded all along to take this slow. And what the restaurants will look like will be at half capacity. That's part of the order that Dr. Henry put in place for restaurants, that in order to ensure that there's physical distance between tables, uh, they have reduced the amount of people that can go into the restaurant. There will be a maximum number of six people at a table and uh, one person from each party will be required to provide a phone number to the restaurant. In uh, as part of this uh contact tracing that the province will continue to do Uh, if there is a case of COVID-19 detected for someone who was at that restaurant they'll be able to reach out to everyone else else through that phone number so it's all part of this process waiting areas will be gone you'll see a lot more plexiglass but and then again your favorite restaurant may not open Simi that that may be part of this process is it's going to take time not every restaurant is going to open today a lot of them are being encouraged to take your time make sure your staff feel comfortable Um, make sure that the customers feel comfortable there's the work being done expanding patios that could make a difference so all of this Mm -hmm. is part of this very slow process as we gradually start reopening the economy
0: now i know there had been some people saying they were upset about this having to provide their contact info if they go to a restaurant but i thought listen if you make a reservation at a restaurant this is no different than the information you're providing to them
1: I think that's part of understanding these changes, and you're exactly right about that. And, you know, there's when you provide a credit card, you provide yeah. your name. That You know, information in today's society is one of those things where people are very concerned about their own personal identities and their own uh, you know information, but the reality is that these places know a lot about you already. Yeah. And uh, that I think people need to get over that a little bit, that providing your phone number is going to be part of the new normal. It is going to happen in more places than you visit. It's not just going to be restaurants Simi, that will ask for your phone number. Uh, you will likely have to provide your phone number at your local gym. You're likely going to have to provide your phone number uh, at a local store that you visit, depending on the type of store. For sure, you're a hairdresser and salon. So that's just going to be part of the process now so that they know as part of the province's contact tracing plan that they can touch base with people if they need to.
0: Right. I guess what strikes me about this is always, Richard, that people are willing to give away their personal information so quickly for convenience, right? Like yep. if it's going to get them a discount, or if it gets them a loyalty, if whatever the case may be. But if you actually ask them to do it for another reason, they're not, they're, for some reason, they're not as inclined to do that.
1: And one of the things the province was looking at, uh, Simi, was basically using your phone to track you. That's something that, bc has decided not to do there have been some thoughts of using elements of that for people who arrive from international destinations and must uh isolate for 14 days but you know that would be a much different step towards privacy than asking for somebody's phone number and you know it, it is all part of ensuring that we continue to take this uh step by step and then the alternative is uh, well, your favorite restaurant just won't open then. Like if we can't, Maybe, yeah. if we can't track where people are going, that we just won't be able to have things like restaurants and salons or barber shops. So, would you rather remain at home and not provide your number to anyone, or? Uh, make a decision to go to a certain restaurant and then provide your number when you're there. I I think for many people, the decision is easy, but I do also appreciate that some people have concerns.
0: Sure. And you know what? There's other options. I think there's more options now than there were, you know, a couple of months ago, if, if that's the case. Let's talk about some long weekend travel. Not as many people traveled as we thought they might have.
1: No, and that's uh, one of those things where we heard the same sort of conversation uh, in April around the Easter long weekend, and so Health Minister Adrian Dix prepared with numbers yesterday around the May long weekend. Uh, In terms of ferry trips a year ago for the May long weekend, there were a little bit more than 163,000 trips, Uh, and this weekend there were just under 33,000 trips, so a substantial drop-off, and yes... People were traveling, and yes, ferries at times were busy at that half-capacity number with reduced sailings, but it was far different than what we saw last year at the May long weekend, and, and that will go a long ways in ensuring that you know this hasn't led to any substantial uh, outbreaks. We'll have to see, obviously. This is... Dr. Henry describes it as looking at it all now in 14-day lenses, and as these major events and major reopenings happen, it will be about looking 14 days down the road and seeing what impact those decisions had. I think that's also part of why you know they're trying to take things slowly so that it doesn't all come at uh, the floodgates don't open at once. And if you can take things slowly, then you can better monitor what happens 14 days down the road.
0: Right, and the ferries are also going to be kind of expanding their schedule again, right?
1: Yeah, and that's, you know, we're seeing the uh, resumption of the service between uh, West Vancouver and Nanaimo, which will happen, I think, on June 3rd. And the ferries are slowly starting to uh, increase the number of sailings. My understanding is the federal rules haven't changed yet around distancing and capacity. And so that will stay in place uh, for the unforeseen future. But ferries is starting to assess, you know, what sort of customers they expect. Again, the reminder still is only use the ferries for non-essential travel, but there are no sort of hard restrictions in place around that. So uh, essential travel only for the ferries, avoid it if you're doing non-essential travel.
0: You know, I found it interesting. They've been talking about this survey, right, that they wanted people to do. So I went online and I did it yesterday. And there's some questions at the end there that if you're willing to be like a volunteer, they want you to be one of the people that they can contact for help. Uh, if this kind of outbreak happens again.
1: Yeah, and I think it's really an interesting survey it is. as well around having people involved in this process. And that's what Dr. Henry and Adrian Dix have said, is they want people to be involved in serology testing. They want people to volunteer to help. They, they want people to feel like they are a part of this solution. And that's going to be a really important part of the next step forward is – you know, we all live in our bubbles, and they were exceedingly tight bubbles, uh, and it's hard to understand that everyone else is experiencing these things as well. You know, when we limit our social interactions, we lose that um, ability to understand how others are feeling in many regards.
0: Right. What you- uh,
1: so I think it's a really interesting point you make, Simi, about the survey, which has now been filled out more than, I think, 240,000 yeah. times, uh, as people want to... I think a lot of people are probably checking that off and saying yes they want to be involved uh if we do see the second phase of this in this in the fall and and or if we see pandemics moving forward how how do we uh, help as a society.
0: Well, what are you looking forward to, Richard? I've been asking everybody this question this morning with stuff reopening, things. I'm I'm really looking forward to getting my hair cut. What are you looking forward to? Yeah,
1: our our life is not changing a whole lot. I think I've spoken about this before. My mother-in-law who uh, has cancer is living with us. And, right. and Dr. Barney Henry keeps saying, uh, if your circle includes uh, you know those who are more vulnerable, those who are in the midst of cancer treatments, those who are older, uh, your life doesn't change a whole lot. So my life's not going to change a whole lot for a while, but we're very lucky that we have a very, uh, close, tight, uh, circle, uh, that has been pretty good. So, you know, I think life will slowly change. I'd like to yeah. play golf at some point, Simi. I'd like to go back and see <laughs> our pal Keith Baldrick, the legislature at some point, but after all, he gets of, that, a haircut, all of that will come with, cha- will come with time <laughs> after he
0: gets his haircut, right? That's <laughs> yeah, exactly. For sure. okay. Thanks for that, Richard.
1: <laughs> yeah, thanks. Simi.
0: That's Richard Zussman, our global news reporter from Victoria.